Neil Brown just has that it factor, I believe. He's bought into the program. Everybody in the Big 12 is going to know his name, and all the quarterbacks are going to feel his pain. That underdog mentality has always been big for West Virginia. We're just heartbroken that we were not good at our jobs. He is the modern-day Don Nealon. Trust the climb. And now it's time for the Country Roads Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads Webcast. Here this week for the Iowa State Preview. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, going at another one solo this week. Uh, you know, it's just been been crazy as of late. As I said last time, getting all three of these work schedules to line up. And I know everyday stuff, we've had a lot of, a lot of things going on as well. But um, I know I wasn't able to join uh, Bradley and Steven for the... Uh, TCU um, live stream reaction would have loved to have been there for that one a little bit more of a happy one following that win but uh, as always want to kick this off with just you know some final thoughts on that win over TCU before we get into the Iowa State preview and for me I mean I felt pretty vindicated you know I thought that we would rush for over 100 uh, you know Neil Brown had the perfect record at WVU when the team rushed for over 100 thought that we would accomplish that again and they did that in a big way actually over 200 I think it was 224 yards rushing uh, the team had against TCU. As I said, it had been a porous and uh, vulnerable uh, TCU run defense, as I mentioned in the preview, but uh, West Virginia took full advantage of that. looked really good. You could tell they worked on the run game during the bye week, maybe some different types of runs than we've seen in the past. And then I think Steven mentioned on the reaction show, and I well as I've seen Jared Dagey say in the postgame that one of the big differences in that game was Doug Nestor having two hands now. So I guess following the bye week, it allowed Doug Nestor to get uh, fully healthy he had struggled in recent weeks, but he really shined in that uh, TCU game. A lot of those runs came from right behind him, right behind that right guard, off guard to that right side, and uh, followed him. They had some under center stuff that looked good. Just all around really good performance uh, for West Virginia. First Big 12 win of the year. Uh, snap a nearly two-year road losing streak, which, as I mentioned on the TCU preview show, the last road win coming at TCU, and I thought history would would repeat itself, and it did. West Virginia gets the win at TCU, snaps the road losing streak, gets their first Big 12 win of the year, and kicks off the second half of the season the right way, which they really needed that win if they want to have a shot at bowl eligibility, which they will need three more wins in these final five games to be able to do so. A couple things I did want to mention in regards to that TCU game. Uh, some good stuff here from uh, Jed Drenning on Twitter. If you guys don't follow him at the Signal Caller on Twitter, you're missing out. Great stuff, especially post-game uh, stats and stuff he analyzes, puts out and everything. But um, he said uh, when the West Virginia needed a chew clock in the uh, fourth quarter with the lead, the offensive line helped Tony Brown, Tony Mathis and Letty Brown combine for 70 fourth-quarter yards on 14 carries. So even when they knew it was coming, the offensive line uh, was able to push around the TCU defensive line, and that's big uh, moving forward here in the season. Uh, the offensive line and the run game really needed work for West Virginia to be able to earn some wins, you know, maybe pull some upsets here in these final six games, and it looks like they've put in the work to do so, and the offensive line is clicking at the right time. West Virginia also only played five offensive linemen exclusively in that game. No backups. It was Brandon Yates, James Committer, Zach Frazier, Doug Nestor, and Wyatt Milam all the way through. And I think Wyatt Milam also had his best game as a Mountaineer yet to this point. So good to see him coming along as his true freshman season, finally starting to get into the groove of things, probably get the speed of the game down, uh, stuff like that, just starting to slow down for him. And I think he's got the talent. He's going to be a really big star. And I think West Virginia's offensive line playing together is is a good thing. And I like the fact that they – Played those five guys together and let them jail, and hopefully that bodes well uh, for the rest of the season. Um, 
let's see what else. There was something else that uh, Jed put out that I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah, flip it over on the other side. A guy that you guys know that if you follow the podcast for the past two years, you know I'm a big Daryl Porter fan. I've been described as a lockdown corner uh, by me and, and others. But uh, he appeared to be that, you know, in, in this game. He, he did all, a great job covering, you know, TCU's best receiver, guy that we talked about in the preview show, Quentin Johnston, uh, superstar, huge guy, and he was giving up a lot to him. I think Daryl Porter's only 5'10 five, five, or 5'11, and Johnson's at least six foot four. so great job by Porter. But uh, Jed Drenning says um, – TCU six foot four, two hundred pound, a two hundred pound plus big man. Quentin Johnston was targeted three times with Daryl Porter in coverage. Those plays resulted in zero completions and an interception, which Porter returned forty three yards to set up a West Virginia field goal. So I had to shout out my guy there, Daryl Porter. Excellent job right there in coverage, and excellent job by the WU defense as well. I know that um, people will look at this. Well, it's TCU. TCU's not having the best year, and you know defensively is what TCU's usually known for. But this year it's been the opposite, and that was one of the best offenses in the Big Twelve that West Virginia absolutely shut down, completely shut out in the second half, actually. And only gave up one offensive touchdown all game to, and that's impressive with this what this TCU offense has done. Even in their losses, they put up a lot of points and a lot of yards. So the West Virginia defense really came together, and I think the secondary stepped up with the injury to Nick Troy Fortune. Hopefully, and hoping that he's okay moving forward. But if not, I think you've got some guys that'll step up with Charles Woods, of course, and uh, Daryl Porter. So that that's big. But uh, hopefully, Nick Troy's okay. You know, see him go down. Uh, Mesador also went down. He's all right though for sure. Um, verdict still out on Nick Troy and Michael Laughlin. Uh, Michael Laughlin also had a solid game there, and hopefully he's he's healthy as well. But the West Virginia defense, you know, as I said, stepped up in a big way. Uh, not only doing the things that they usually do, uh, third down stops, tackle, stuff like that. But something they haven't done yet this year, and that's forced turnovers. West Virginia had been near the bottom of the country, I think 120th in turnover margin going into that game. And then they win that turnover battle 3 to nothing. So uh, very big right there for West Virginia. And any time that West Virginia can win the turnover battle, it's going to really give them advantage. And hopefully they can continue to do that moving forward because they're going to need that uh, coming up this week against Iowa State in a very tough matchup for the Mountaineers. Uh, before we get into that, West Virginia did lose one more player to the transfer portal. Just a little update on some news. I uh, know we touched on the injuries. Uh, Nick Troy Fortune, Mike O'Laughlin, Eki Mesador Hall went down with injuries in that game. Uh, not really much of an update on Nick Troy and Mike O'Laughlin. Kind of a wait and see is all that we heard from Coach Brown in his Tuesday press conference. So hopefully they're okay. Mesador uh, appears is good to go, though, and that's big. Um, other than that, DeVell Washington, uh, redshirt freshman, had not played a lot. Came to West Virginia as a receiver. Uh, switched to linebacker in this preseason. Uh, had not played much this season, a little bit on special teams, I believe, and then a few snaps here and there. But he's into the transfer portal. So uh, that's kind of the update on the Mountaineer news. Now let's talk about this uh, matchup with the Cyclones. So West Virginia gets another ranked team. This time they get them at home. Um, it's going to be October 30th, Saturday. You know, the day before uh, All Hallows' Eve there in Morgantown should be should be a fun atmosphere. you got a 2 o'clock kick, and the game's going to be televised on ESPN+, Plus, uh, the Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. So if you don't have ESPN+, Plus, um, it's like $5 a month. You can go ahead and get it, you know, watch this game, and then cancel it before your month's up, and it only costs you $5 to watch the game. So, um, you know, if you want to watch it, do that and uh, get ESPN+. Plus. If not, of course, Tony and the Mountaineer Sports Network guys always uh, – Always a joy to listen to, and uh, usually better than the broadcast anyway. So, But uh, that's what I'll be doing. I actually got to work this Saturday, so I'll be listening on my earpiece there. I know if you follow along on our Twitter, at WVU Country Roads, I usually provide the live tweets during the game, but uh, that's probably going to be a little bit less this week, considering that I'll be at work. I'll try and sneak one in here and there, but uh, I'll be listening to this one. But a tough matchup for the Mountaineers in this one. I think we all know 
Flashback to last season, Iowa State uh, handled the Mountaineers 42-6. to Really the only game last season that West Virginia was not in. You know, last year they did a great job of staying in pretty much every game minus that Iowa State game. So um, hopefully I think that that could be a motivating factor for West Virginia. And I think I've seen James Committer this week tweet out the box score of that game and, you know, that score, that 42-6. to So at least the players remember it as well, and they're kind of trying to use it as motivation, it appears, which, which would be a good tactic. But – I think that, you know, just my opening thoughts on this on this one is I think that they got to us like that just because this isn't a good matchup for West Virginia. You've seen even in uh, 2018 when West Virginia had the star power that they did, Iowa State was able to handle handle West Virginia, stop their run game, shut them out completely, you know, by far the lowest total yards that uh, Will Greer and those guys had that year, and Iowa State really handled those guys, and they've been able to do that to West Virginia since then as they have a lot of teams with this attacking defense they've developed here in, in the late years and really becoming one of the Big 12's uh, top teams and, you know, right in the mix again this year. Had a little bit of a slow start early in the season uh, with loss to Baylor, but uh, they've bounced back in a big way, and they're really clicking. They always play their best football in October. The quarterback, Brock Purdy, they've always uh, um, coined it Brocktober for them here in October for Iowa State. I don't think they've lost a game in October with uh, Brock Purdy as the quarterback that I can remember. So uh, West Virginia would be looking to uh, be the first ones to do that, hopefully. But um, it's going to be a t- it's going to be a tough tough task, tall task. Uh, let's talk about some of the matchups. Let's talk about when Iowa State's on offense and West Virginia's on defense. Iowa State's offense, of course, as I said, led by the trigger man, Brock Purdy. Uh, been running that thing since he was a freshman a couple years ago. He stepped in and has done a great job, high-ranking recruit back then. And then, of course, but the big, the real person to worry about on that Iowa State offense is running back Brees Hall, Heisman Trophy candidate. He's worked his way in there. Uh, arguably the best running back in the conference in a conference that's loaded with good running backs this season. And uh, Brees Hall is a stud, hurt West Virginia last season. He's hurt pretty much everyone he's faced, and he's in the Heisman Trophy race for a reason. Um, he's a tough runner, really tough runner, um, and he's going to be a handful for West Virginia to stop, and that's going to be their first priority, stopping the run game uh, with Brees Hall. But then if you do that, they do have weapons that they can throw to, whether, as well as Brock, Hurdy, Brock Purdy rather, able to hurt you with his legs, as well as we've seen in the past. But um, their main target is, of course, uh, Xavier Hutchinson, the Juco wide receiver, um, really developed into a great player for them last year and has continued that this season as well. And then, of course, the tight ends. You always got to talk about the tight ends. Allen and, of course, Charlie Kolar, both at least 6'6 or taller, and those guys really hurt a lot of teams they play in the hurt West Virginia last year. So, you know, they'll be looking for Hutchinson on those slant, those slant passes where they get one-on-one matchups with the corner and Hutchinson can kind of – box out that corner, make a miss, and take it to the house. He's done that a lot, made a living off that since he came there from junior college. And then those tight ends, they'll sneak them out on play-action passes or they'll even split them out sometimes and try and get them the ball. So I expect to see a lot when uh, Iowa State passes the ball. It's either probably going to Hutchinson, Charlie Kolar, or the other tight end, uh, Chase Allen, I think is his name. I know his last name's Allen. But uh, those are the guys that are really going to hurt you in the Iowa State passing game and if you start to load the box, then they'll play action you to death or they'll hit Hutchinson or one of those tall tight ends that, you know, as no Browns like say, they're open by birth, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 uh, tight ends. So going to be a tough matchup, but I think West Virginia has to be able to stop the run. If they stop the run, then 
they may have a chance if they can for, uh, force Brock Purdy into some mistakes. But as we saw last week in Iowa State's game, that's what Oklahoma State tried to do was force Brock Purdy to beat him, and he had one of the best games of his career, over 300 yards, and they took down the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So um, almost like pick your poison with this Iowa State offense, but West Virginia is going to have to uh, play ball control with their offense a little bit, I believe, um, try and keep the ball away from this Iowa State offense because they're not going to be able to uh, score with them. They're going to have to limit the Iowa State scoring and hope that they can score um, just enough, I believe. But flip it over on the other side, the West Virginia offense versus that Iowa State defense. And as I've said in the past, that Iowa State defense is attacking, and it's it's no different this year. A lot of the same pieces back. Mike Rose, absolute stud. I believe he was Big 12 Conference Defensive Player of the Year last year. Back at middle linebacker for them. Um, former WVU commit Ashim Young in the, at safety. And then Greg Osworth, who's been a stud, will come down and play in the box at the other safety. Really tough defensive line led by McDonald there on the front, and they'll attack you. And, you know, they play that uh, – Looks like they only have you know three or four guys in the box, but they rush guys in there as soon as you snap it. You look like you have running lanes, and you just don't. It's really hard to run the ball against this Iowa State team, and that's what worries me uh, for West Virginia in this one is this Iowa State team is tough to run the ball against. And as we've seen, West Virginia really only has success and you know can stay in games when they have the ability to run the ball as well, and they can be balanced. If they're forced to you know only pass, and they really struggle. You know, teams can pin their ears back, and they know what's coming. You know, it's just it's just not a recipe for success for this West Virginia offense if they can't run the football. So hopefully the stuff they worked on during the bye week that we saw work against TCU uh, comes, to, comes to fruition again, and we see the run game move a little bit. Uh, if West Virginia can run the ball, I like their chances because that allows them to keep this Iowa State offense off the field and everything. But I think it really comes down to the West Virginia run game if they're able to run it, give Letty a good day. Hopefully Tony Mathis gets some good carries in there to spell Letty again in the offense offensive line uh, performs just as well as they did against TCU is all you can hope for but they're gonna have the work cut out for them against this Iowa State defense that's a uh, very tough so I mean if you're tallying it up here I think Iowa State has the advantage in both matchups uh, the one uh, and offensive defense wise the one area where West Virginia does uh, got Iowa State's number I believe is special teams um, you've seen Casey Legg get special teams player of the uh, week um, 13 to 14 on field goals this year's only miss was blocked Last week against TCU, his only miss of the year. And then, of course, Charles Woods, also who I've uh, neglected to mention earlier, all was defensive player of the year with a pick and a force and a fumble recovery. So, um, shout out to those guys. Should have covered that in the news section, but uh, mentioned that there as a special teams made me think of it. Both those guys were Big 12 players of the week. But West Virginia does have advantage in special teams. Uh, Iowa State special teams has struggled this season. And uh, since No Browns took over, special team has been a strength for West Virginia whether it be the kicking game, kick return, uh, what have you. Um, last week's uh, kickoff return allowed for a touchdown by TCU to open the game, with notwithstanding, but overall, special teams has definitely been a strength with Neil Brown as West Virginia's head coach. So West Virginia does have the advantage there, but as I said, Iowa State, this is a tough team, and it's a tough matchup for West Virginia, as we saw last season. But hopefully that serves as some motivation, and hopefully they surprise me and you know some other people that are not liking the way this one's looking coming up against the Cyclones. But uh, that being said, let's get into key to victory and prediction before we uh, close this thing out. Key to victory in this one, I think it's really simple, running the football. Same as I said last week against TCU. It's it's going to be tough for West Virginia if they can't run this football and uh, keep that Iowa State offense off the field a little bit, just as it's going to be tough if they can't stop the run. So the West Virginia run game yet again this week is my key to victory. And, you know, moving forward, it, it may continue to be that for the season because that's what's shown to be West Virginia's recipe for success is when they can run the football, it really opens up things for their offense. And like I said, I don't know if they'll be able to score enough to hang with Iowa State, but the one way they can negate that and make that possible 
is by running the football because it opens up their offense. They'll be able to score more that way if they can run the football, and also it will keep Iowa State's offense off the field and allow them uh, to score less, which West Virginia really needs in this one. So that's my key to victory. And now it's that time. It's prediction time. I know last week I was finally back on the optimistic side of things, predicted a 28-21 West Virginia victory. I wasn't far off, but they had a 29-17 victory. Just had a good feeling, you know, called it intuition, whatever you want to call it. But um, correct there. Hopefully this week I'm incorrect because I'm not feeling as strongly about this one. I think that Iowa State's going to take this one, unfortunately. I got Iowa State 35-21 to over West Virginia. I just don't think that – like I said, I don't, I don't like the matchup for West Virginia necessarily. And I think for me personally, I'll be happy if West Virginia can stay in it, if they can run the football. I think those will be great signs for the season moving forward. But I think Iowa State just has a lot of weapons. I think this is a team that's going to compete for the Big 12 uh, title. I think that we've mentioned that in preseason. I think that some of that went away early. A lot of people were doubting them. But, you know, as always, they get it going uh, later in the season and they're looking looking awesome again and have a chance to compete for that Big 12 title for sure. And a really good Iowa State team. So if West Virginia hangs with this team and is able to run the ball, don't hang your hat just because they end up possibly with a loss. But, hey, in Morgantown, you never know what's going to happen. Hopefully I'm wrong and they come out and shock the world and shock everyone and uh, continue this uh, winning streak that they started here out of the bye week. But for now, I've got Iowa State with a 14-point win, 35-21 to over the Mountaineers. And that will pretty much do it here on this Iowa State preview on the Country Roads webcast. As always, tune in on Sunday for our live stream reaction show to this Iowa State game, which will be on our Facebook and on our YouTube pages. Uh, check that out. You can always uh, tune in there live with us, comment. We respond to your comments and stuff, so it's a great way to interact with us and us to interact with Mountaineer Nation moving forward, hopefully getting me, Stephen, and Bradley all together on that. And I also wanted to mention the uh, CRW Hoop Show is going to be uh, releasing soon as the basketball season is getting ready to kick up, so keep your eye out on the lookout for that. Stephen will be hosting that and he'll have Bradley with him as long as a, another new co-host of ours, Ryder Dean, will be there for the CRW Hoop Show with those guys as well. So be on the lookout for that. And as always, check us out on any podcast platform you like, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor. You can find us anywhere. Just search Country Roads Webcast. Download us, subscribe to us, and uh, leave us a rating if you would. That always helps as well with those algorithms. So that'll pretty much do it. Until next time. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, and until next time, let's go, Mountaineers. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...